Chapter Twenty Six of In New England Fields and Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. In New England Fields and Woods by Roland F. Robinson. A Voyage in the Dark. A few days ago, a friend who is kind and patient enough to encumber himself with the care of a blind man and a boy took me and my twelve-year-old a-fishing. It was with a fresh realization of my deprivation that I passed along the watery way once as familiar as the dooryard path, but now shrouded for me in a gloom more impenetrable than the blackness of the darkest night. I could only guess at the bends and reaches as the south wind blew on one cheek or the other, or on my back only knowing where the channel draws near the shore upon which the Indians encamped in the old days by the flutter of leaves overbearing the rustle of rushes, by the chuckle of ripples under the bow I guessed when we were in mid-channel, by the entangled splash of an oar when we approached the reedy border where the water-lilies rode at anchor and discharged their subtle freight of perfume as they tossed in our wake. I knew by this clatter, drawing nearer only with our progress, that a kingfisher was perched on a channel-side fishing-stake, used in turn by him and bigger but not more skillful fishers. I heard his headlong plunge, but whether successful or not, the ensuing clatter did not tell me, for he has but one voice for all expressions. Yet as his rattling cry was kept up till the rough edge of its harshness was worn away in receding flight, I fancied he was proclaiming an unusually successful achievement. For the sake of his reputation, he would never make such a fuss over a failure, unless he was telling, as we do, of the big fish he had just missed catching. At any rate, I wished him good luck, for who would begrudge a poor kingfisher such a little fish as he must catch? They would need years of growth to make them worth our catching, or bragging over the loss of, and by that time we may be done with fishing." Suddenly there was a roar of multitudinous wings as a host of red wings upburst from springing and swaying wild rice stalks, all of which I saw through the blackness illumined for an instant by memory. The dusky cloud uprising like the smoke of an explosion, the bent rice springing up beneath its lifted burden, the dull-witted or greedy laggards dribbling upward to join the majority. My companions exclaimed in one voice as the rare sight of a white bird in the flock and by the same light of memory I also saw it, as I saw one in an autumn forty years ago, when with my comrade of those days I came down the creek, duck-shooting and trolling as today. Again and again we saw this phenomenal bird like a white star twinkling through a murky cloud. The fitful gleam was seen day after day, till the north wind blew him and his cloud away southward. The pother of blackbirds overhead disturbed the meditations of a bittern, who with an alarm croak jerked his ungainly form aloft in a flurry of awkward wing-beats, and went sagging across the marshes in search of safer seclusion. I wished that he might find it, and escape the ruthless gunners that will presently come to desolate these marshes. Very different from his uprising was that of a pair of wood-ducks, revealing their unsuspected presence with startling suddenness, as they sprang from the water to air with a splash and whistle of rapid wings and their squeaking alarm cry and then flew swiftly away, the sibilant wing-beats pulsing out in the distance. 
these too i wish might safely run the gauntlet of all the guns that will be arrayed against them when the summer truce is broken if i had not been mustered out or if my boy were mustered in no doubt i should feel differently toward the inhabitants of these marshes compulsory abstinence makes one exceedingly virtuous and because i am virtuous there shall be no cakes and ale for any one the absence of the rails cackle was noticeable a clamour that used to be provoked at this season by every sudden noise we never got sight of the marsh chickens as they skulked among the sedges and when the birds were pressed to flight rarely caught more than a fleeting glimpse as they topped the rushes for an instant and dropped again into the mazes of the marsh but they were always announcing a numerous if invisible presence where now not one answered to our voices or the noise of our oars all this while our trolling gear was in tow the boys of phantom minnow bristling with barbs a veritable porcupine fish mine a fluted spoon the larger fish seemed attracted by the better imitations or perhaps age and experience had given them discernment to shun the other more glaring sham and the best of them went to the boys score but the unwise majority of smaller fish were evidently anxious to secure souvenir spoons of little otter and in consequence of that desire i was high hook as to the numbers they were only pickerel at best though some of them bearing their spots on a green ground are honoured with the name of maskalong by our fishermen a scratch of the fingernail across the scaly gill cover gives proof enough to convince even a blind man of the worthlessness of this claim to distinction once i enjoyed an exaltation of spirit only to suffer humiliation there was a tug at the hooks so heavy that my first thought was of a snag and i was on the point of calling out to my friend to stop rowing then there was a slight yielding and the tremor that tells unmistakably of a fish now with my heart but a little way back of my teeth i am fast to something like a fish but i shall never be able to boat him he is too big to lift out with the hooks and i can't see to get him by the gills and so i shall lose him as he came in slowly stubbornly fighting against every shortening inch of line i almost wished he had not been hooked at all to be lost at last when after a time my fish was hauled near the boat and in sight of my companions my catch proved to be no monster but a pickerel of very ordinary size hooked by the belly and so my hopes and fears vanished together i think distances are magnified to the blind for it seemed twice as far as it did of old from the east slang to the south slang as we passed these oddly named tributaries of little otter at last i sniffed the fragrance of cedars and heard the wash of waves on the southward slanted shore of garden island and these informed me we were at the lake in confirmation thereof was the testimony of my companions given out of their light to my darkness of an eagle's royal progress through his ethereal realm making inspection of his disputed earthly possession i was glad to know that his majesty had escaped the republican regicides who haunt the summer shores we made a difficult landing on the mainland on the oozy shore of mixed sawdust and mud and followed the old trail to the old camping-ground under the rocks a place full of pleasant memories for the elder two of our trio and offering to the boy the charms of freshness and discovery for him the cliff towered skyward but little below the eagle's flight its tiny caves were unexplored mysteries their coral beaded curtains of canada yew and delicate netting of mountain fringe strange foreign growths 
through his undimmed eyes i had glimpses of those happy shores whereon the sun always shines and no cloud arises beyond what a little way behind they seemed in a voyage that has grown wearisome and yet we can never revisit them for a day nor for an hour and it is like a dream that we ever dwelt there bearing with us from this port something not marketable nor even visible yet worth carrying home we re-embarked and the wind blowing in my face informed me we were homeward bound one after another we passed five boats of fishing parties tied up at as many stakes the crews pursuing their pastime with steadfast patience and their intent silence proclaimed to me they were as ships passed in the night i had no other knowledge of them than this except that my friend told me there was a fat woman in each boat and that one of them boasted to us with motherly pride of a big pickerel caught by her little girl a blended hum of bumblebees droned in among us and my companions remarked that one of the aerial voyagers had boarded our craft while i maintained there were two which proved to be the fact whereupon i argued that my ears were better than their eyes but failed to convince them or even myself i welcomed the bees as old acquaintances who in the duck shooting of past years always used to come aboard and bear us company for a while rarely alighting but tacking from stem to stern on a cruise of inspection till at last satisfied or disappointed they went booming out of sight and hearing over marshfuls of blue spikes of pickerel weed and white trinities of arrowhead i cannot imagine why bees should be attracted to the barrenness of a boat unless by a curiosity to explore such strange floating islands though their dry wood promises neither leaf nor bloom i hear of people every year who forsake leafage and bloom to search the frozen desolation of the polar north for the lord knows what and i cease to wonder at the bees when men so waste the summers that are given to them to enjoy if they will but bide in them we pass many new houses of the muskrats who are building close to the channel this year in prophecy of continued low water but muskrats are not infallible prophets and sometimes suffer therefore in starvation or drowning the labor of the night workers was suspended in the glare of the august afternoon and their houses were as silent as if deserted though we doubted not there were happy households inside them untroubled by dreams of famine or deluge or possibly of the unmercifulness of man though that seems an abiding terror with our lesser brethren winter before last the marshes were frozen to the bottom blockading the muskrats in their houses where entire families perished miserably after being starved to cannibalism some dug out through the house roofs and wandered far across the desolate wintry fields in search of food yet nature indifferent to all fates has so fostered them since that direful season that the marshy shores are populous again with sedge thatched houses as we neared our home port we met two trollers one of whom lifted up for envious inspection a lusty pickerel he's as big as your leg my friend replied to my inquiry concerning its dimensions and in aid of my further inquisitiveness asked the lucky captor how much the fish would weigh well i guess he ought to weigh about seven pounds was answered after careful consideration we learned afterwards that its actual weight was nine pounds and i set that man down as a very honest angler presently our boat ran her nose into the familiar mire of well-named mud landing and we exchanged oars for legs which we plied with right good will for a thunderstorm was beginning to bellow behind us
End of chapter 26